3: We do a
1: podcast? What the fuck? Hello, this is Ricardio, the evil heart of the Ice King, and you are listening to Fan Holes, the pop culture podcast made for the fans by the fans. Oh! My. Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of FanHoles Podcast. Tonight we have a very special show for you. I believe we're going someplace cold. I don't think it's that cold, but I think some of the other fanholes might. I don't know. We'll find out. But we're talking about some Marvel comics. From the Marvel Now initiative, we're talking about the, I'm going to call it the maxi-series Avengers Arena, an 18-issue series from Marvel Comics that has many people's favorite teenage heroes in a battle royale kind of rip-off uh, Hunger Games type adventure with Arcade and Murder World. And then following the talk on Avengers Arena comic books, we're also going to be going into the realm of television and animation, and we're going to be discussing the series Adventure Time on Cartoon Network. So, just to get us started, this is Derek, Derek W.C., I'm going to be your host tonight, and joining me are three of my fellow fanholes. Why don't you give a shout-out, guys,
3: and let everybody know who's here.
2: Hey, dudes, it's Brian Breakdown.
3: Hey, it's Mike Thunderwing. I am Victoria Peachbottom. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> See how tense you are?
3: This little vacation is just
1: what you need. And remember, no one ever leaves Murder World unhappy because no one ever leaves Murder World alive! (laughs) Awesome. So I believe we're starting with Avengers Arena. And I was trying to set it up in a nutshell, the whole Battle Royale, Hunger Games thing. But that—that that is kind of the premise. I mean, Arcade was in prison and he read Battle Royale or the Hunger Games or something and decided that it'd be really cool to do that to all these teen Marvel superheroes. And there's 16 teenage superheroes that are in this maxi-series, epic, violent saga um i guess i mean they're they're either young teen heroes or kind of like sidekick heroes i guess you might say uh I, I put them into three categories or i guess maybe like four categories because because there's there's the solo kind of kids which i don't think he really qualifies as a kid but dark hawk is one of the people chris powell and then you've got cammy who is from drax the destroyer And then there's some uh, new character that they created, uh, kind of a, I I guess you could call her a sidekick, but she's not really a sidekick. It's like a female little kid version of Deathlock that they've taken to calling Deathlocket. And then there's, a, I guess, a legacy Marvel hero who I'm not very familiar with at all, which is probably why she fucking dies like a little bitch in the first, like, two issues. Um, but that's Red Raven. So I guess she was some kind of legacy Marvel character that maybe, I, I don't know, was she in John Byrne's Namor run, Justin? I can't even, I don't even know. Like, I, but. I don't think so. Okay, I was just trying to figure out I I was looking at the Wikipedia page and it said something about her and Namor and I was like, I don't remember ever reading about this character but anyway so those are kind of like the the solo crew and then of course we've talked about this comic book in the past but Avengers Academy so there's uh, four characters that kind of rolled over from that title into this title I think much to my chagrin I don't know how everybody else feels about it but yeah, there's X-23 Hazmat, Metal, Reptile, and then uh, Justin, who is the little kid who's got the, the sentinel pet robot. So those characters have sort of rolled over into this comic book. And then, of course, there's a lot of characters that have been created along with Deathlock for the first time in this book. And most of those characters, I'd say, come from Captain Britain's Academy. You know, I don't know what the hell they call that, the MI3 Academy or whatever. But they they all come from uh, Captain Britain's Academy. And, you know, you see, like, all those characters like Blade and Spitfire and... um, Bloodstone, and, and, you know, basically like some of the kind of heavily associated with with uh, the UK superheroes. They've got a bunch of kid superheroes, and all of those kids seem to be abducted, or at least a set of them. And that's Kid Britain, uh, Nara, who's like this Atlantean chick, uh, Apex, who is like, Dr. Bashir from Deep Space Nine, so you know she's trouble. Um, (laughs) And then there's another kid named Anachronism, who's kind of like a uh, Captain Marvel type, but with a little more sort of violence, I guess. Like, he kind of starts out as, like, this kind of fat, overweight gamer dude, and I guess eventually he gets, like, the powers of this kind of brawny warrior guy, so he's running around (laughs) with an axe. And, of course, Cammy takes to calling him Axe you know, so that's kind of how he, he goes down. And then, of course, there's another sort of legacy character, which is Cullen Bloodstone. So it's not it's not the female Bloodstone from Next Wave, and it's not the, you know, old man, old school Bloodstone guy, but it is um, sort of another in the legacy line of, of Bloodstone. Um, and so he's also part of that U.K. crew. And then I guess the final... Uh, unit of the the 16 kids are uh, are two members of the marvel kid team the runaways which are nico and chase um so that i mean that's just the basic premise but i'll i'll start turning it over to you guys um you know what did you guys think of avengers arena what were your sort of reactions to the initial premise um you know how'd you feel about that i'd open it up to anybody who wants to sort of chime in and let the listeners know
3: I really really hated it like the first like <laughs> yeah I I was like oh man like that's the best you can do Marvel is like rip off yeah whatever's popular at the time and then just stick your characters into it I mean, that's not exactly new for them, but, like, I was kind of like, man, like, you know, these, I was almost like, these characters deserve a lot better than this, and, you know, even in the first issue didn't do a lot to, like, ally the, uh, those fears, because, like, you know, obvious spoilers, but, like, Metal dies in the very first issue, and he was, like, one of my favorite characters from Academy, so yeah, I was, yeah. like, that's, that's initially, uh, like, that's my already low expectations, like, took a, like, hit already, like, so, and I'm, like, going down, down, down.
1: Yeah, I Uh, I was trying to keep an open mind about the whole thing after I read the first two issues, but uh, it it kept getting under my skin, you know, like, because Metal was a character I actually did like a lot, and he did kind of go out like Blue Beetle did in Infinite Crisis, where you're just like, oh, man, he he was a good character, people liked him a lot, and he just kind of got taken out like a bitch. I mean, like, it was just a really ignominious way to go out as well. Like, I mean, I know, I know they tried to set it up like he was doing it for Hazmat, and, you know, he's like, I'm the weakest link, like, don't kill her, kill me, but it it still was one of those things where you're like, oh, that just, I don't know, it, it that, that fucking does suck. Like,
3: it, for- no, it, yeah, it's like, well, they always try to, even with, like, the Blue Beetle thing, or, like, you know, like, the editors and the hype machine and uh, whatever, they always, like, when people complain about it, they always try to, like, I don't know, like sell it as oh, he. What are you talking about? Like ignominious, like he died like saving the girl he loved, like that's heroic and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. And I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah, but I don't know, like it still doesn't feel very heroic. Like he, he died was, to
2: arcade, like no matter,
3: yeah, exactly. like what
2: noble intention he had, it was arcade that quote unquote killed when him.
3: When I when I when I read that, like I was reminded of like Joe Quesada, like responding to like criticism for one more day where he's like what are you guys talking about like selfish and whatever like you know they, they, these this is like two people like selling their soul to save someone else like that's heroic and stuff and i'm like what no like i don't know i felt icky about it kind of like, well it's
1: it's interesting like i was reading that that thing that the writer dennis walker wrote in the back of the final issue how his original intention was oh this was just going to be this one-off arc in in another comic book and all of a sudden the editors were like larry like make (laughs) that your
3: whole book
1: you know like it was very you know you could tell it was this organic thing and even he sounded like sort of reluctant like he was like i don't know and then and then he's like okay guys like okay and i don't think like the story is is badly written or anything, like, I don't, I honestly, I don't blame him at all, you know, like, you know, it's just one of those things that, that got rolled into, like, some kind of hype machine thing, and, and, and unfortunately, I'll, I'll be honest, like, of the people that did not survive Avengers Arena, the only person I actually had any real emotional attachment to was Metal, so... I mean, I'm just going to put that out there. And that did bug me. But, I mean, as I kept reading the story, I I don't know that I I think of this as someplace cold. Like, that bugged me. But once I sort of got past that, I guess the person I kind of attached to the most was was Cammy. So I just, at least that way, I was kind of like, yeah, I know the the Avengers Academy kids, even though I love them. Like, I know they're going to get put through the ringer, and that sucks. But I kind of thought, well, at least... I'm going to be able to hang on to some other person who's not going to get, like, owned throughout this whole saga, I guess, was my kind of take on it.
3: Yeah, I get you. Like, I, I feel the exact same. Like, I felt a lot better about it after reading, like, that whole, like, um, what, what's his name, Dennis? I think you said Dennis Walk. I think it's Dennis Hopeless. Oh, okay. <laughs> what was I doing? I Which was
1: merging people's names. You, yeah,
3: you you merged a uh, Kev Walker. Oh, okay. I merged, the, I merged
1: the artist's name with the writer's name. See, that's, like, yeah, that's how good I am.
3: Like Dennis so. Hopeless, uh, like had that whole uh, like like thing in the last issue where he explained like the rationales behind the series. And like, I kind of like after that, I was like comfortable. Like I was kind of like, okay, dude, like you, you, I think you made like lemonade out of lemons basically. Yeah. yeah So like, I, I mean, like I, at first I was like the, obviously he can't say all that stuff like, in the first issue like like editorial like foisted this on me or whatever but like so maybe I was kind of in the first issue I was kind of like man this guy sucks like or whatever but you know after after I read the whole series and I was kind of like you know what like a lot of that I wasn't comfortable with but I think you you told it in a way that like I could like say okay you know that was entertaining it you know i was gonna say like speaking of like the kids i feel like I, and i'm sure brian will have something uh to say about this but man, it's been a crappy like five years to be chris powell hasn't it like, i feel oh, like in the last three appearances i've read of Darkhawk, he's either gotten like his armor stolen or like taken over by something or like totally chowed it out but
1: yeah, I was about to ask, are, are any of you here big fans of Dark Hawk? Like, how do you guys feel about his portrayal in this series and how everything went down?
2: Justin, do you have anything?
0: I was never really crazy about the character. I remember, like, being a kid, like, that was one of the comics that a lot of my friends were read because they'd be like, man, he's like Wolverine, he's got claws, but they, like, extend, and, you know, he's got a uh, pretty awesome suit and all this stuff. But, like, I remember reading his uh, solo I never was a big fan of the character, but reading this comic, I did think it was kind of irritating that, like, they kept stealing his gym, and it's like, oh, this guy's got it, this guy's got it, no, this guy's got it. So I was like, well, this is kind of annoying. It seems like, I don't know, for me, this is a someplace cult because it took, you know, I mean, we joked about this before, we called this book, you know, you can read about your favorite, like, teen hero characters killing each other, and that's pretty much what it was. Metal was the big character that died that I had the most attachment to, and I kept hoping that would bring him back at the end. I was like, man, they got to bring him back, but, you know, they didn't. And all those other characters that got killed off, I didn't have any attachment to them, especially Kid Britain; He was a total jerk. So I was like, man, I hope this guy with the axe just cuts his head off. And that's what happens. I was like, whoa! <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah, that's A lot it. of these characters got treated pretty harshly. I will say, though, um, I did attach to Kimmy, too. I was happy to see her again because... You know, she was in a lot of that Annihilation stuff, hanging out with Drax. And then after a while, she kind of disappeared. It's like they didn't know what to do with her. She got rode out. And then you'd see in, like, Guardians or something, Drax would be like, oh, i got to find Kimmy. But nothing would ever come of it. And I don't know if that's, like, a storyline that was dropped because the series was canceled earlier or what. But, like, I was happy to see her alive and well and to
2: survive this. I was just going to say, um, I'll answer your Darkhawk question. I'm not, like, a huge, like boner having Darkhawk follower but i always thought he, he was a cool character and it seems like i don't know if they had trouble rounding out the 16 or whatever but it seems like they threw him in the story and like de-aged him by about 10 years or so just to like have someone that could kind of fit the bill and then like you guys mentioned he just gets punked like the entire series as you're reading it it's it's almost like you wonder why they use someone like that to fill that role um, it's,
1: it's it's weird. He kind of got like the Nightwing treatment over in Forever Evil, where he just gets pwned. But but they do kind of address like his age because there is that one scene with him and Cammy where she's like, "Dude, like, aren't you like ancient or something?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm in my twenties, you know, or whatever." <laughs> Whereas all these other kids are probably like, you know, fourteen, fifteen, you know, basically like everybody else is getting their learner's permit. But Chris Powell's like off in you know college, you know, and. and I- I Stuff think like he that. was
3: there just to have the dark orc armor, like on the for table. somebody to yeah, for somebody exactly.
1: to heal, basically, right? Yeah.
3: I guess, I, I like all you guys are saying, like, you know, you, Metal was, like, the largest, like, in the biggest loss, and I, I agree with that. I don't I felt kind of bad for Justin, like, the Sentinel kid. Like, I know people really liked that series, and, like, I thought he was, like, he showed up a few times in Avengers Academy, and he had, like, a yeah, yeah. story dedicated to him, and I, I liked him, and I felt kind of bad for him, because, like, especially, like, since in Avengers Academy, it kind of, like, established that, like, you know, the Sentinel is, like, his friend and stuff. Stuff. So, yeah. you know, the, it pretty much dies, pretty much, in Arena too, And, like, he turns it into this giant mech suit to fight in. So like well, I, To I, me,
1: like, I, I don't know how to explain this. Like, I have nothing against that character at all. I don't know that I have too much invested in the character, but I never had anything against it. But the minute he gets found by X-23, and she's like, oh, you're, you're still alive? And then he goes, well, yeah, kind of, although I'll probably be paralyzed for life. I just kind of went, oh, well, he's kind of fucked no matter if he lives yeah. or not. So I almost, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I, I almost thought of it as like a blessing, you know, like not, I, I don't mean to sound like insensitive, but it was just like, I was like, oh, well, he, you know, he, he would have had a very difficult life had he survived. I mean, I guess if you treat it realistically, I mean, I know there's comics and probably Tony Stark could have given him a fucking milkshake and then he would have been walking or whatever. (laughs) he had like nanos in the milkshake or some shit. But you know, I was thinking of it in terms of real life and I was just like, man, well that would just, suck because you have to you know either you know go through all this you know rehabilitation or i don't know what they could have done for the kid i mean he may have like he was saying he would have been tied to the sentinel or been paralyzed or whatever so i was just like oh that you know i don't know all around like that that definitely kind of sucked yeah
0: Hey, if Bruce Wayne can find a cure for his broken back, Tony Stark can do the same
1: for
2: this kid. (laughs) Dude, it's just lifting weights and training hard. (laughs) Exactly. Doing doing
3: a lot of push-ups and
1: stuff. (laughs) Axel from the All Access crossover just beams over Chandra Consolving, and she does her (laughs) little back whammy on Justin, and then it's like, dude, Sentinel, we're in the business again.
2: Yeah. I have a quick question for you fellas in the nose. I, I was reading by trade, and, like, I just looked it up today, and volume three of the the, the um, trade isn't even out yet, so I haven't read the full story. But as I was reading along and these characters kept dying, like, I kind of got the sense that, like, the world itself was like a game and kind of an illusion, and, like, almost like their bodies were somewhere else. So even if you died in-game, in real life, they weren't dead. So did anything like that happen, that there's a chance, like, Metal's still alive and, you know, like, any kind of possible explanation?
1: Well, the in total spoilers, uh no.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: They like, use not, not yeah,
3: they arcade uses metal skin like as a decoy like later and It's like,
1: basically uh, yeah, there's like a double talk where there's a single issue where Hank Pym basically is kind of sniffing, like, his his Pym sense is tingling, and he's like, what the hell is going on here? Like, something's off. And he's off, like, kind of searching for a lot of these kids that are missing because, like, some of the other runaways come, you know, and are like, you know, oh, Nico and Chase, they're gone. And, you know, most of the explanations are fairly reasonable. You know, a lot of people think that Metal and Hazmat ran off because Metal's parents or no, no, Hazmat's parents were against the relationship, so they all think that they sort of eloped and, and, and ran off to you know, avoid kidnapping charges and, and all this other stuff that I guess had, Hazmat's parents have uh, you know, charged uh, you know, Metal with. So when Metal comes, basically they're, they're looking for all these different kids and stuff, and then eventually Pym and Tigra find Metal, and then he's doing all this scanning, but I guess apparently Metal Skin, somehow, the the clever, clever double talk is, even though that's an LMD that Arcade made, it's like, mm-hmm. I guess, it fools, you know, the great, brilliant Hank Pym because, you know, it's like, the, he can't read, his, his scanners can't read through metal skin or something, like, that's supposed to be the explanation. But most people are like, you know, Wolverine's like, oh, no kids are missing from my school, bub. And, you know, Captain Britain's like, oh, it's just truancy and shit, and it's no big deal. Like, Pete Wisdom and, uh, uh, I forget who the other guy was, like, went off on a bender. It was like Pete Wisdom and Union Jack or somebody went off on a bender for, like, two weeks, and it's like, oh, these kids have only been gone three weeks. And they keep updating their, you know, basically Twitter and Facebook, and you see, like, all these... Goofy pictures of all the the British kids like in the Playboy Mansion and, you know, doing goofy ass shit that obviously has been fabricated by arcade. So so most people think there's some logical explanation of where these these kids have gone for the most part.
3: I, I I did like that issue, but it was kind of bittersweet in retrospect. I mean, it was written by Christos Gage, and it was kind of like Hank Pym going around to people and being like, hey, remember all these Avengers Academy, like, subplots that, like, were abruptly, like, halted? Like, you know, whatever happened to those? Like, but, I don't know. Hmm.
1: I, um, I... I... I'd like to discuss, if if we can, I don't know if we're done with Darkhawk and some of these other guys, but since as the series goes on, they go into some of the more original characters, I'd kind of like to talk about the U.K. kids for a little bit and what everybody thought of them. I mean, I know Justin already kind of brought up the fact that he hated Kid Britain and he was glad that he got his head lopped off by Axbro. Um But just going into more detail with, with the whole cast... Um, you know, my take on it is like they—they—they're very. They—they they have this kind of. I to me it, maybe I think of this as a compliment, but I think they're kind of inspired by like the inner ugliness of like Alan Moore stories, you know, like like Miracle Man <laughs> and Watchmen. It's like they're they're kids, they're teenagers, but it's all about. You know, Kid Britain is, uh, you know, with this, you know, Bashir girl, this girl, Katie Bashir, whose name is Apex or whatever, but he's really sneaking around on her with the Atlantean girl, Nara, and then, you know, Axbro, who's the little geek kid, walks in on them on the pool table and he punches him out, and, you know, there's the, the Bloodstone kid might have a thing for Axbro, and, you know, there's all this kind of drama and, you know, kind of, I guess, you know, just kind of very, you know, dirty ugliness to the whole, you know, because basically, you know, it, you know, without, uh, well, I guess, you know, we're going into a bunch of spoilers, but, you know, uh, Katie Bashir is just the most evilist cunt bitch ever, because she's a technopath and manipulates Deathlock or Deathlocket and is basically the one person who seems to legitimately be playing Arcade's game to win, whereas everybody else, you know, nobody else that's there of the 16 kids seems to want to kill anybody else to survive. Like they, if, if there is any stuff like that going on, it seems like it's either in the heat of the moment or it's, it's a definite kind of response to a life or death situation. Whereas, you know, this girl apex just seems like a manipulative bitch from the start. So, But I'm kind of curious what you guys think of those new characters. Like if you – not if you, uh, you know, if you identified with them or if you, you know, didn't care for them or or, or if you felt like they served the story's purpose.
2: I don't know if I identified with any of them, but um, the the interplay between them was kind of interesting and and in some ways kind of true to, like, their age groups, you know, like Mm -hmm. just a lot of, like, teenage drama going on, a lot of, like, oh, I love this girl, you know passionately and deeply she's alone for me and so i don't know just all that hormonal like emotional yeah yeah teenage stuff i thought i thought that actually read kind of well in the book so
3: i i agree what you said derek like they 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 added a, a bit of yeah like i don't know like like you said like seediness uh, to the whole yeah thing. seediness <laughs> yes yeah. Yeah, so like I, I definitely got that vibe too i mean like i guess like maybe like anachronism or Axpro is like the most like sympathetic one, but you know, I kind of,
1: I, I, I don't know. I think of, of the, the characters from that school. Like I, I kind of like bloodstone the most, like I kind of did feel bad for him when, well, I mean, it takes a long time before you find out his backstory and maybe Brian probably hasn't even read about it yet. But I mean, I, I always kind of was just like, Oh, he seems like a witty kid and he seemed kind of like sharp, you know, like he knew that, Katie was manipulating everybody like he you know he he seemed like a kid with a, a head on his shoulders so i i sort of enjoyed him um for that regard and you know as far as and then finding out like kind of the hardships he has to deal with in his life and kind of what he went through i was kind of like well you know even though he went through all that shit it's not like he you know went on a shooting spree or turned it on anybody else so i sort of you know, to me, I'm like, oh, he seems like a solid, normal dude for the most part. You know, like I, I thought that that at least got a lot of you know respect points from me. So, I mean, I know this is going to be followed up in the Avengers Undercover. So, I mean, if he's if he's involved in that, I'm kind of curious to see where that all goes.
2: The cattiness of the girls was fun to read too. Especially in high school, from, like, I know is my perspective, there's definitely girls that, you know, I thought of, wow, she's a mega super bitch for what she just did. And, like, that comes across so well when you're reading the books and, like, all the backstabbing that happens. So that was kind of fun to read, too.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me. But what I think is great about that is I, I don't think I had any attraction to Katie Bashir or to Nara. but the guys obviously did, you know, so it was kind of, mm-hmm. you, you kind of had to, you could step back from that and be like, oh, wow, like, not only are you getting played, but, you know, you know those kind of things were, hindsight's kind of twenty twenty or whatever. Do you want to mm-hmm. rage a little bit, Justin? I mean, I know you did not like Kid Britain. Do you want to talk about these characters <laughs> at all?
0: Um, the only two from the Braddock Academy that I liked were Anachronism and Bloodstone. Like, all the other characters, they just... Like you said it was seemed kinda of like, you know, Ellen isms like to the extreme, extreme wars, like, you know, just all those like uh you know, kinda of like Brian said, those
3: things that they're going
0: through Rampaging uh, emotions. Yeah. They're rampaging hormones. Uh <laughs> I thought I thought all that read well, but at the same time it was seemed kinda of like to me I was like, Well, that's a little to the extreme wars for me, because... Bloodstone and Anachronism was the only ones I thought were sympathetic at, at all. Like I said, Kid Britain it was just a total jerk. I was happy to see him die. Nara, I didn't care for her at all, and you'd think I would because she was, you know, an exiled Atlantean. But she was, she was manipulative, and I totally agree with what everything Derek was saying about the Katie Bashir, and that that was a weird one too. It's like she shares a body with her brother. I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's a they, little they like, kinda, extreme, like they
1: they they kind of <laughs> reveal that whole Ronma one half thing or, or maybe Glory from Buffy, for anybody who doesn't know the the anime reference, you know. The they, they she has this brother named Tim, and Tim's like sort of the good brother, and she's kinda like the evil manipulative girl. Like you find out that she got so tired of sharing this body with her brother that she sort of "Quote unquote," faked his death, where they, her and her parents, you know, got into a car accident that she actually caused, and then after that, she learned to suppress her, you know, brother that she shares the body with, and then after that, she told the parents that he had "quote unquote" died, like he, he never came back. So then, all of a sudden, things you know started going her way, and that's when she went to the Braddock Academy, and you know, she's very kind of, you know, that, that seediness, like, is exemplified by the scene where, like, they they basically sort of explain that Kid Britain had been cheating on her, you know, sneaking around with this Atlantean girl, Nara, but at some point on the island, she's just like, oh, sweetie, like, I knew you were two-timing me, and I thought it was cute, but now we're, like, in this life-or-death thing, so, like, you know, forget about it, come on, let's go, and you're just kind of like, wow, like, she's... She's basically very cold-hearted, you know. Like, dude, there's not a lot more to it than that. So, also, since we have Brian on the show, I think it might be good to talk about Constrictor for a little bit. You did get up to that part, at least, right, Brian?
2: Um, you have to refresh my memory. I thirteen through eighteen, I think, are the issues I missed. Was Constrictor in it before that?
1: Yeah, he was in issue seven. It's when they go into Arcade's personal backstory, like how he had his big birthday. Oh, bash. yeah. And at-
2: like Everybody punk was making
1: punk. fun of him, and sort yeah. of you know, and then then it kind of ends with him killing constrictor, basically, so <laughs> I just thought since constrictor's like one of your favorite characters uh that that we could go into that a little bit
2: well i I don't have much to say besides it was kind of funny to see how like everyone kind of ripped on uh, arcade behind his back, you know, yeah, which yeah. basically like um I think just voicing like fan fan's opinion of arcade because well but I don't
1: even even that though like to me i'm like looking at the guys and i'm like you know it's sad when fucking the porcupine is the guy like ripping on you <laughs>
2: or i'm like exactly.
1: dude you're the fucking porcupine like who are you to judge arcade like i was like i would have just taken out my like arcade crowbar and started smacking him right there but you know
3: and my favorite, my favorite bit from that issue was when like Taskmaster is like, "Settle down, guys, just bear it." Like these crab cakes are awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well,
1: it's like it's like what it kind of similar to the whole, uh, you know, UK crew. I guess with the kids, it, it is a big popularity contest. It's like they're like, "You guys come to this shit every year," and the the Wrecking Crew is just like, "Come on, man, this guy's. You seen this guy's game pad downstairs? Like it's awesome. Like just." Put up with the shit so we can have a good time at this party. Exactly. But, you, know, you know, but some people, you know, just uh, can't can't play along with it. And I guess him and Constrictor get into this fight, which I don't know. It's weird. Like I, I know Mike's read the uh, Avengers Initiative, and I, I think like ever since Dan Slott wrote the thing, and he couldn't use Sandman as like sort of the reformed good guy villain for. Ben Grimm to pal around with. It always seemed like to me in that series that Constrictor was like a fill-in for the good guy version of Sandman. And like for a while there, Constrictor was having that kind of like, I'm going to try and be on the up and up, you know? And and even in the initiative, it was like he was there and he was having this relationship with Diamondback. And I know eventually that went sour and this could explain his his kind of change in personality and the way he's so aggressive and everything. But I just thought it was... I mean, at least from, you know, the the things I had read most recently, it seemed kind of like, wow, he just seems like an asshole bully in this, as opposed to a guy who, you know, had some set of personal rules and morals. So I'm just curious, like, what you thought about that, Mike.
3: Yeah, the, I, I, I did kind of think about, like, I kind of felt that way as well I was like man but you know I've also read appearances of Constrictor where he was like that
1: like yeah,
0: where yeah. he
3: was just a thug or whatever so I, I, I probably just yeah I probably just figured oh he's probably just having a bad day he's not banging diamond back anymore and he's you know he's probably you know I, I, I don't, thought that would make me grumpy yeah so he's <laughs> probably he was probably <laughs> I bet Captain I, America I had some
0: days like that too <laughs>
3: Well, I was going to say, I, I I think he shows up again, like, in some other book, so he didn't die, at least, when, when Arcade, like, smushed him in, into the wall or whatever, so at least there's that. But, yeah, I, I kind of felt bad for him, basically, because, like Brian said, like, getting beaten by Arcade is not something really to, like, <laughs> brag about or anything. Probably won't way. be
1: on
2: his resume.
3: Yeah.
1: I'm just wondering if he'll actually, like, show up later, like, or if they'll keep him, quote-unquote, dead for a while cuz he well, he's he pretty totaled in that to me yeah I,
3: he's oh. i forgot where i saw him but he has shown up after that and okay. he's he's supposed to be on that island that the masters of evil own now oh, like okay. like so he might show up in avengers undercover so. okay okay i, I think agree. every everyone's forgotten though that he has he's supposed to have cybernetic arms now like they just kind of draw him with regular arms now but hmm. i don't know maybe it's just the costume covering it but okay does anybody want
1: to talk about the Runaways? Because I, I'd like to say my little bit about them and move on, but I just like to give anybody the opportunity, if anybody are, is fans of those characters, to say their piece.
0: The only thing I know about them is what I've read of their appearances in Avengers
3: Academy. So they're
0: like they're kind of a non-entity to me. I've never read their ongoing or anything.
3: I know I know they've got a pretty big fan base, and I guess I guess I kind of feel for their fan base because like. I guess they, they were like the Avengers Academy book before Avengers Academy, basically. So it's like, you know, when the, the fans are like, oh, bring back the Runaways, I guess I can kind of relate when I'm like, oh, bring back like Avengers Academy or whatever. But, you know, I don't have any particular attachment to the characters. You got anything, Brian?
2: No. Like most okay. topics, I know very little about the Runaways. No,
1: no. That's fine. I, I honestly, I've never read any Runaways series So much like all of you, I don't have any personal attachment to the characters. The only thing I can say is I've read a lot more of their appearances, but it's never been in the Runaways proper. It's always been, you know, secret invasion, you know, Runaways meet whoever the fuck they fought in that one thing. And, you know, oh, they guest starred in Avengers Academy, or they guest starred here and there. And all those appearances never really gave me any incentive to go out and read their series so i do know uh, like mike saying about their sort of ravenous fan base and uh, you know i'm sure there's people out there that are like oh you know uh you know how could you make chase chase hawk and how could you you know have uh, nico do this and that and the other thing i thought at least in the battle between her and, uh, Katie Bashir, Apex, like, at least in Round 02, like, she really, like, laid some kick-ass stuff on, you know, the Sentinel and the, the Chase Hawk and, you know, basically all these machines that, that, uh, Apex is controlling as a technopath. She, like, beats the shit out of Death Locket. So I thought that was pretty cool. But as far as, like, having any investment or care, you know, caring about those characters, like... I would have not given two shits if they killed either of those characters... But I I know that might be mean to some of the fans of Runaways who, like, love and adore those characters. But it's weird. Like, I feel like I I understand that I have a personal bias sometimes because I don't have any attachment to those characters. But I I think I've given a lot of other young heroes a fair break. So, I mean, maybe if I read that series, I'd change my opinion, you know, later, you know. But uh, it it just makes me think of stuff like, I, I wasn't that into the new Avengers Academy when they were were being released as comics. I remember when the House of M tie-ins came out, that those were the one House of M tie-in that I skipped.
3: You and mean then the I, X, X-Men Academy? Or yeah, yeah a, a, Oh, did I? Sorry.
1: A, X-Men Academy. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Um, but, um, yeah, I never read any of those until much, much later. But when I did, you know, I, I thought it was a really good book and i appreciated having read it in you know it led into things like chris yost's x-force so i had a greater appreciation of the characters in that and you know so so i i guess all i'm saying is that that i don't really care too much about the runaways but maybe that's just because i'm i'm biased um
3: Uh, I I, I know exactly what you mean, and I don't know, the the funniest thing I always remember about them is in the Avengers Academy, like, when they they guest starred in that, and, like, they're, like, Metal and, like, Chase kind of hit it off, and, like, I forget, like, they keep, like, calling uh, Nico's staff, like, her magic rod, and, like, whenever they say that, you see, like, Chase and Metal in the background, like, covering their mouths, trying not to (laughs) laugh, and, and, like, Nico's like, seriously, Chase, like, every time, like, but (laughs) that always cracked me up.
1: I like, speaking of of some humor, I know a lot of this is all violence and death and seedy British kids, but um, I I did like the uh, moment where Hazmat kind of goes bonkers and her and Reptile are on that island and he catches some sharks for them to eat. And she's like, you know what time it is? And he's like, what are you talking about? She's like, shark steak dance party. And they're like, just, um, just, um, um, um. and he's like looking at her like, what the fuck are you doing? And then he's like, she's like, well, what else are you going to do? Like, we're on a fucking death island. And then they both started like, um, 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 um. so I thought that was pretty funny. And I liked when, um, when Cammy, like, uh, you know, interacts with Reptil, she calls him Godzuki. So I kind of. <laughs> Thought that was fun. Um, so speaking of, you know, some nice funny stuff besides all the death and gloom and yeah, stuff w- like that.
3: Also, when when Nico made the magic fruit tree for them, and like they hadn't eaten in like days, that, that was pretty funny. When oh, they, they sort of gorged,
1: gorged yeah. themselves on on the magic golden fruit that was not poisonous because I guess Nico used her her rod, her magic rod, <laughs> to. Uh, change everything. I, I mean, I, I don't know what else. I mean, uh, you know, I, I know eventually, it, you know, everything sort of comes to a head with a climax where, you know, basically everybody is, is fighting everybody else in this kind of free for all. I mean, that's kind of, Cullen Bloodstone's kind of the impetus for that. Like, I kind of compare what, what happens to him or, or his actual true powers. Like, I kind of think of him like Ozaru Goku or something. So I thought that was kind of an interesting you know, battle and fight and everything. And to me, it, like I said, it added to his backstory, and I enjoyed, you know, reading about that and everything. Um, you know, like I said, the, the person I was rooting for the most, besides the Academy kids, uh, was Cammy. Um But I do love the Academy kids. I'm glad that that Hazmat made it through safe and sound. I was going to ask you guys, I'm pretty sure Reptile's okay, because I thought there was a panel where they were, like, kind of digging him out of the ocean, but... Did anybody else think that he had croaked or not?
3: Yeah, at first I was kind of like, man, did he just like blow up? But then yeah, I, I saw the panel where the shield guys are like, yeah, yeah, okay, this that's, Dinosaur. That's what I figured. Out ocean, but I just wanted
1: yeah, to make but... sure I was on the same page, so.
3: I like that there's that one panel at the end of uh Chris Powell being like carted off and he's like holding his amulet, like I'll never let you go again, <laughs> baby, like <laughs>
1: but, clutching it.
3: Yeah. As long
1: as I'm not in like Losers Part 4. Yeah. But,
3: no, seriously, like, I thought about it, and I'm like, okay, he loses his amulet in this. The last time I read him was, like, in War of Kings, where he gets, like, taken over and used to, like, assassinate Lelandra. And then, like, before that, the last time I read him was in Loner's, where, like, Phil Uric takes his amulet and becomes, like, Goblin Hawk or whatever. See, I,
1: I think that's the problem. Like, I know some of you guys are maybe not, don't have that much attachment, or you don't have the full-on boner for Dark Hawk, as Brian was saying. Um, but I, I did read Dark Hawk quite a bit. I do like Dark Hawk, but much like the Bayformers, Transformers movies, Having done so much damage to the franchise that by the time I saw Transformers Prime, I was just like, no, this is this is okay. Like, I kind of feel the same way about Darkhawk in this, because I'm kind of like, well, I've already read the fucking, you know, the, the loners or whatever. Like, I mean, how, how much worse can it get, you know? Like, <laughs> it's like, so he's with all these underage kids and whatever. Like, he gets you know, taken out of the fight. I'm like, well, hey, at least they didn't kill him. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, for a while there, it, like, it was weird because he had, like, a question mark by his little headshot, you know, and people were like, is he dead? Is he not dead? And then after a while, when he kept reading the series, eventually they just said, fuck it, and they put a big X like he was dead. And I was like, oh, I guess he re- he really did die. And we just, it was off camera. Like, what's more ignominious than that? And then, you know, eventually they sort of do the reveal where it's like, da da I'm fine, sort of. I'm in a back to tank like Luke Skywalker and I'm
3: vomiting on people and stuff. He needs to friggin', he needs to like friggin' swallow that amulet or something. Well,
2: you know those like chains that old people wear around their glasses so when they fall off their face, (laughs) they don't lose them on the floor? Like how expensive is that and why couldn't he just get that for the amulet, you know? Something to (laughs) wear around his neck, if he drops it, hey, it's right there. Think, Don't worry. I think
1: he does. I think he does have that chain, but just people break that old people chain shit. You know? <laughs> like, they're like, "Give me, like, give me that amulet, motherfucker." Villainous. Give me that off. Huh?
3: Let me, Let me ask you guys: Are you guys interested in an under, uh, Avengers Undercover, which is going to be like the sequel to this series, which is like the s- most some of the survivors of this go See, like undercover? Like,
1: who Who exactly is in it, or is supposed to be like the main? Uh, thing?
3: I think. Uh, anachronism, Bloodstone, Hazmat, and someone else were on the cover. But... I, I see Deathlocket on... Oh, in her, yeah, I guess. I, but I guess I, they're I, all going to infiltrate the Masters of Evil, Island, or whatever.
1: I think I really... I would follow it just for Hazmat. Like, I, I, I do like Bloodstone, um, but I, I'd say of of those four, like, the only one I really have any strong feelings about is Hazmat, so...
3: Well, I'm going to be following it for Baron Zemo, but, like, yeah, yeah, Hazmat's a secondary, uh, like, in, I guess.
2: I just wanted to put the word out there that I I do have an upcoming fanfic called Avengers Undercovers, and the first issue (laughs) is starring Wonder Man and Vision, because basically, who can you love more than yourself? You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like a little deeper meaning subcontext to their sexual escapades. I think you all know it.
3: I'm all. I uh, gotta
1: log out. There's, there's, Larry, Larry. I'm I'm just, this, i just had a great idea. Nothing on you, man. Like, you <laughs> know, I thought I thought Avengers X or whatever that was was bad news, but hey, this is this is uh, a step above and beyond. I mean, you know, if you tell me you're gonna have a scene with Namor and and a bunch of lobsters in a bed, you know, I'm gonna Shh. be like,
2: okay. issue two. Hush.
1: All right. All right. <laughs>
2: uh, before we do move on, I must mention though that it is awesome that although I didn't mention it yet, that all of our favorite character from like I think Avengers Academy apparently was metal. Uh, you guys, vote, all three voiced it, and I'll just throw it in there too. So, I guess for those thinking about reading Avengers Arena, just skip it and reread Avengers Academy or read it for the first time because it's a good book.
3: Metal was my second favorite, but like my first favorite wasn't even in this series. She, uh, Finesse, so she got well, she got she, spared. She, yeah, she but, had a little cameo. In yeah, that, that's 80%. true. Yeah, she showed up in that. I thought one.
1: that was weird too because they kind of insinuated like like she's all you know grumpy. Did that happen in Academy? Can I just not remember that? Like um, that's the last cool or...
3: issue. Yeah, like um, Reptile hooked up with like White Tiger, and she uh, got okay. all like
1: okay. She got, she all, got, sad all, got all sad, and okay. Quicksilver.
3: Quicksilver was like, "Congratulations! Like you, you got your heart broken." How does it feel? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like Joe Rogan or something.
1: Ah, uh, Quicksilver, the tact of a brick.
3: <laughs> I, I, I... But, yeah, to like, ha- Metal and Hazmat would be, like, second in line for favorite character from Academy. So, yeah, I was pretty sad to see Metal go. And... I don't know. I guess, like, he's not important enough for them to resurrect, I guess. So he might be gone for good, but...
1: Him and, him and Maxima up in the sky with Richard Ryder on that cloud. Nonsense! But I like it! Then
3: away! Yeah, Woo! let's do it!
1: So... I guess we're going to move on to something more giddy and happy and fun. I I see lots of of fun, exciting, cartoon-like avatars staring at me in the face. I see the Ice King. I see Jake, the amazing, stretchy, shape-shifting dog. And then I see a dude from the regular show, which... Future Mordecai. So, so... um, but we are talking about Adventure Time, so that's, that's what we're talking about next. And if you haven't seen Adventure Time, a brief synopsis basically is that it follows the adventures of Finn the human and Jake the dog in the land called Oo, and that's I mean, there's not much more to they it than to that, right? <laughs> and they mean, have
3: adventures. You
1: know, they, 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 it's, it's not a series that you need to watch in any sequential order, I don't believe. I mean, I could be wrong. I've only watched two seasons. I watched the two Blu-ray releases that have been out so far. I mean, and people can correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it seems like one of those things that you can pick up at any old time. Am I incorrect in that assessment?
2: I end. think that's true for the most part.
0: Yeah, there's some episodes with, like, the Lich King that you kind of
2: need to watch in sequence, but
0: those, there are they're, they're not many episodes of that. Okay, okay. This okay. latest season has had a few episodes with Finn's, you know, relationship with the Fire Princess. Like, you kind of need to watch those in order because that relationship kind of really evolves.
1: So when did you guys first discover Adventure Time? I know Justin was the one who kept trying to goad me. He said, you got to watch this show, dude. And I was like, I don't know, dude. I might not be, I might not be hip and cool enough. And, and even when I bought the Blu-rays, I was like, okay, I bought the Blu-rays, Justin. And Justin's like, yay. And I'm like watching it and I'm kind of like, oh, my glob, you guys, oh, my glob. (laughs) And I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, no wonder all these, like, hot girls I know like Adventure Time because it's a bunch of girl stuff, right? I'm like Lumpy Space Princess and Princess Bubblegum, and they're going to raves and, like, you know, they're partying and all this stuff. And I'm just kind of like, oh, my glob. Did you see that, (laughs) guys? And I'm like, oh, okay, so this is why chicks like it, you know? And then I watched the episode with tree trunks, you know, because I'm sort of watching these in order and that was fine but like by the end of it like most of the endings are the most random non-sequitur things i've ever <laughs> seen in my fucking life like and that ending was like super fucking blue cupcakes like i was just like what the fuck just happened like i don't even know um but all all, my quick thing on that is the one thing that made me laugh out loud i don't remember what episode it was but it was another one of those non-sequitur endings but i was like it was awesome and it made sense to me so i could laugh at it was it was like finn had like a solo adventure or something and i don't remember what the episode was about but at the end of it they're kind of like dude so where the hell's jake been and he's like, Jake's been with me the whole time. And he goes to his shirt pocket, and you see, like, a tiny little shrunken Jake that's been, like, sleeping in his shirt pocket <laughs> the whole episode. And, like, that made me laugh my ass off. But most of them, I'm kind of, like, always scratching my head going, what the, what the fuck happened? But <laughs> I'm just, I'm kind of, uh, but I guess by by the time it got into, like, maybe episode five or something, like, it was, like, less about the princessy stuff and more about the, like, adventurey stuff and Finn's like, I'm fighting for justice. And, like, he's, like, smacking people over the head with his sword. Then I was like, oh, ah. like, okay, this kind of, you know, and I started just feeling more relaxed watching the show. But uh, what about you guys? Like, what was your first exposure to Adventure Time?
2: Well, I just caught it on, like, random times with my daughter when I was at my parents' house. She'd always prefer to watch, you know, Cartoon Network over baseball and ESPN for some weird reason. So I tuned in and... um you know, I, I, any, first off, I'll say anything with Lumpy Space Princess, I'd still find hysterical. Like, her her talking to the wolves, especially, <laughs> like, that that cracks me up every time I watch it. But when I was watching with her, you know, um, there were some laughs, but eventually, you know, it became apparent that with some of the more serious episodes and stuff and some of the darker themes that were going on, it wasn't really appropriate to watch with her. So then I, I would still catch it on my own occasionally, Um but I kinda of started hitting more of those weird episodes rather than the funny ones. And I guess I just kinda of drifted further and further away. And that's kind of the reason I have my future Mordecai Avatar tonight too. Is because around that same time I, I started catching regular show and like I guess regular show just kind of started to dwarf my the appeal that um you know Adventure Time had, so I kinda of switched over and became a pretty much all regular show fan and kinda of left Adventure Time in the dust at that point.
1: What about you, Mike? What's your kind of take on your introduction to Adventure Time?
3: I just, like, started hearing, like, buzz about it, like, on the internet and, like, you know, some afternoons I'd just turn on the TV and I'd see it on and I'd throw it on and I'd see a few episodes and I'd be like, yeah, this is pretty funny and, you know, this week I actually watched, like, about 20 episodes and stuff and, like, got caught up on a bunch of stuff and, yeah, like, I I like it. I think it's wacky and it's, like, it's very charming in places and, yeah, it gets, like, it gets really, like, oddly, like, almost out-of-placely dark Times mm-hmm. like like or they make really like like heavy comments or he- like they're really heavy like implications of scenes and like I don't know like um what what's the word I want and, and and there's like a lot of like racy stuff too like stuff that would go over the heads of kids but like if you're an adult you're like wow that's like yeah, I can't believe yeah. they snuck that past like. But I was amused to learn that, like in Australia, like the show is like edited to like how like like serious like hardcore editing like is done to this show in Australia. Just got like all those references are like removed and stuff, and like even even stuff like they you know they they call people like for their like swears and stuff. Like they call like people you butt like like even <laughs> that's like removed or whatever, or you 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 wad or something. Like they they cut all those out too. But I I. Like it though, like I I I haven't seen like anywhere near the whole series, but like I every time I see like 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 Justin said, there are some things that like connect to each other, but like for the most part, it seems like continuity is not like like paramount. Like like I've seen all the episodes that detail like the like the Ice King's uh, like backstory, which is like one of those really like kind of dark things if you think about it, but like it. The most most of the other stuff is kind of like standalone funniness, I guess.
1: What about you, Justin? Do you want to like share with the listeners like wh- how you were first introduced to Adventure Time and your take on it?
0: I think it's one of those shows I just keep, you know, reading stuff on the internet about like everybody was just crazy about it, and unlike My Little Pony, I actually was like, all right, I'll give this Adventure Time show uh, a
3: chance, especially
0: since Bender is the voice of Jake.
3: Yeah, that was a selling point for
0: me yeah. too. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a really odd show, and I don't know. I think I had some of the same reservations you did, Derek. Like I was watching like the first season, and I was like, "This is really." Some of these episodes are really out there. Some of them are really hilarious. Some of them are really dark. And every now and then, you'll see like a joke that kind of gets. Snuck in there, and you're like, well, How did I get past the sensors? It's stuff that kind of reminds me of like Animaniacs when, uh, yeah, like yeah. The, stuff about like you know the fingerprints or yeah. the pianist. I'm like, As a kid, I was like, didn't really get it, but as an adult, I'm like, How did I get past with that? And that Animaniacs, like, I gotta kind of have the same reaction with some of these jokes in Adventure Time. But. No one flicks me in the butt without my consent. I think it's great. Like I've I've seen all the episodes. Like uh, the most recent episode, I've watched it too. It was a, uh, it was another weird tree trunks episode where she gets married, and there was some kind of odd jokes in it about her like having different husbands and stuff. I was like, this is really getting kind of out there. But um, you know, my uh, my avatar right now is the and He's my favorite character just because he's so bonkers and insane. He's always like kidnapping princesses, but then. You know, later on, they kind of get back, they get into his backstory, and I think it's really, you know, Mike said it's really kind of dark, and it is, but it's also really sad because he, you know, it's kind of like this post-apocalyptic thing where he was like, he used to be a scientist called Simon, and he finds this, you know, the crown that gives him his ice powers, and he, he finds, you know, this little girl who becomes Morrison, and he has to raise her, and in order to protect her, he uses the crown, but the crown, like, makes him, like, Loses his memory and go crazy and insane and bonkers, and he finally just he keeps wearing the crown constantly to protect them and he you know he has no memory of like ever like taking care of her or anything like those those episodes I think there's only two so far that's been flashbacks like I remember you and simon and Marcy, like those are those are two like really great episodes
3: i like did they did they ever explain what that like what happened to the world or whatever like why why what are those like mucus spewing things that like he fights in those episodes like those weird zombie like mucus spewing things like those are friggin creepy <laughs> uh,
0: i don't really know it seems like they like there was a recent episode where they kind of went. So like one of those places it's it's to me it's like the forbidden zone, the planet of the apes. It's like this weird wasteland. It's like there's nothing there and then you'll find some weird ruins of a shop or something. Like to me it seems like there was some kind of like big cataclysm or something, and then somehow that gave rise to all these like weird creatures and slugs and weird spewing monsters <laughs> for some reason.
3: I love in that like origin episode when him and like Marceline are like when- what do you call it? They, they? they're in that store, like, the, the soup store, mm. and, like, they see one of the mucus things, and, like, he bashes it over the head, and it falls over, and they're like, oh, phew, and then he just reaches down and presses it a little, and mucus, like, spews out of it, and they go, eww, oh! like, and they run away, but I know, there's like, all these, like, funny little moments that make me laugh in that show, and I, I was gonna say, the, the one episode I watched that I really, like, related to, um, have you guys ever seen the Card Wars episode? Mm-hmm. It, like where where jake is like he he plays with this basically like this magic <laughs> yeah. the gathering like game and like like uh Finn is like, oh, cool, like, I'll play with you. And then BMO's kind of like, no, Finn, you must never play this game with Jake. Or if you do, just let him win, you know. And, like, you know, like, Finn has, like, this beginner's luck, and he starts beating Jake, and Jake gets all pissy and mad. And, like, I don't know, it, it really, like, kind of, like, uh kinda like,
1: me. kind of like when you kick my ass at uh, yeah, Marvel It's kind of like,
3: yeah, it's like, <laughs> like, Jake gets all, like, he gets all mad when he's losing, but, like, when he's winning, even though you're an amateur, he's, like, all gloating and in your face <laughs> and stuff, so it's, like... Yeah.
0: I think we've all known people like that, whether it's Vinny yeah. or Magic. I know it's, like,
3: know. It, it, I was kind of, like, I felt like I was almost, like, in, like, Finn's position where I'm kind of, like, okay, well, I don't want to, like, totally crush him, so I'll kind of, like, hold back a little, you know, like, and... But then he's, like, oh, man, like, I'm totally owning you, and I'm, like, okay, well, listen, I'm going to have to, like, play back now, you know? But, like, I I thought that was a really funny episode. And, um... Uh, The other... The... the character that makes me laugh the most is Lemon Grab. Like uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he, uh, every time he talks, like I'm cracking up. And that that time where he like took over the kingdom because the princess was like underage, like for a little while, and they're kind of like let's just like prank him until he gives up his throne and stuff. And like they do like some like stupid prank where he wakes up and there's like a sign that says like you are a hot dog bun or <laughs> something. And he's like. <laughs> Right, And then, like, that doesn't work, so then Finn's like, uh, okay, like, we're going to do it my way this time, princess, and, like, then th- their prank is, like, they get, like, sheets and, like, put them over themselves so they look like ghosts, and they just run out into the hallway and go, woo! and they run up to Lemongrab and just punch him in the stomach and then run away, and he's, like, on the ground crying and stuff. I don't know. Uh, I, I was like, man, you went to like the, the Christopher Walken like school of pranks or something where <laughs> he's like, I pranked them with a tire iron, you know? Like, I don't well, know. speaking <laughs> of
1: speaking of other favorite characters, like, is there I know Justin said his favorite character was the Ice King. And Mike was talking about some of his favorite character moments. Like, and I guess Brian said that he really liked all the lumpy space princess stuff. Is, are there any other characters that you want to mention as kind of? standout favorite characters?
2: I had a crush on Fiona, but um, I've only seen one episode with her, but I don't know, she's just kind of sweet and charming and yeah, I got a little crush on her. So
1: is that kind of like the female Finn? Because I don't think I've even gotten that far. I've seen like Mm -hmm. toys of her and stuff where I was like, oh, I wonder who, uh, you know, I could tell what they were going for, but I was like, I haven't gotten that far yet, you know. I, um, I guess true to my personal form, since I like women who are awful for me, I really like Marceline. Um, Because it's kind of like the whole Catwoman, Maxima, Diamondback, Black Cat thing going on or whatever. And so I I, because to me, I'm kind of like, well, the only thing Princess Bubblegum's got going for her is that she has Starfire's voice actress from Teen Titans. So and then talking about like little funny moments that you like. I don't know why I like it, but I love the whole, you know, Daddy, why did you eat my fries? Like, I think after I saw that episode, I was like singing that to myself, like ad nauseum for like no reason. You know, but I, I thought that was really funny.
3: I I keep singing, uh, pancakes making bacon pancakes. <laughs> Take the bacon and put it in a pancake. <laughs> <laughs> there's,
0: there's a lot of like really funny songs in the series. Uh, I think my favorite like funny moment that already cracks me up is the episode "Memory of a Memory," where they kind of like go into. Uh, Finn's head and see some of his memories. It's like Marceline. And they're like, Marceline opens the store and she sees like a little baby Jake. He's like dancing around and singing like that. Always cracks me up.
1: I like the episode from the second season since I've only watched two seasons, but uh, one of the ones that was a standout for me was called Video Makers, where basically they're trying to make their own home movies. It's like Finn and Jake, where they have like a movie club, but then I think it's like, you know, Finn wants it to be like some kind of action movie and Jake wants it to be a comedy and they get into blows over like who who could make like the best, you know, movie or whatever and stuff. So I just, I don't know. I used to make little short movies when I was a kid. So that was just funny to me just in general.
3: Another uh, another episode that had like a weird, like dark tone to it, but then it had like a completely like random ass ending. Um, That one where like Finn gets knocked unconscious or he gets a concussion or something. And he wakes up like six months later and like the entire kingdom is deserted. And Jake has like a band is like rummaging around in garbage. And he has a bandage Mm -hmm. around his head and he's like lost his memory. And like, it turns out like all the candy people are like underground and stuff. And then it, it turns out like a deer did it or something. And then at the end of the episode, they murder the deer and throw it down the toilet and like flush it down the toilet. And then they all cheer and then like everything's back to normal, and I was like, "What? Wait, what?"
1: Yeah, that that sounds like one of those non sequitur, like scratch your
3: head type endings. But it's like it's like a it's not it's not like a like a anthropomorphic deer. It's just a regular deer that like kind of like licks its crotch and like looks at them and stuff. And they like drop something heavy on it and like squash it to death. And then they just kind of like push its corpse off into the water. I don't know, it was just, like, I was like, wow, like, what, I was like, I'm not even sure what you're going for there, but.
1: (laughs) One thing I I wanted to ask you, Justin, was one thing I'm totally not familiar with at all, like, I think I tried to flip through one of the comics before, but I've never read any of the comics, and I know you mentioned this before on the show, that you read some of the Adventure Time comics, like, the vibe I got when I flipped through it was that it was a little more real world somehow, like, that these were all figments of Jake's imagination or something, or or Finn's imagination, like, that he was, like, just a kid doing, like, a where the wild things are type thing here in Adventure Time, or, Mm -hmm. I don't know, can you elaborate on any of that, or am I incorrect, or or what? I I
0: never got that feeling reading the comics. They kind of, uh, what am I trying to say? They're, like, really good on, like, retconning stuff from the TV show because there was, like, a, a pilot where Finn was actually called Penn, and he actually mentioned this in the comic, because Jake's like, hey, remember when you used to call yourself Penn because you love Pins? And Jake's like, or Finn's like, yeah, what was wrong with me? That was lame. Um, <laughs> and they go, like, they go back in time, and they, they meet their younger selves when you know, uh, Finn was calling himself Penn. And there was like a there's this big story arc where basically BMO is kind of like the Terminator or something, and there's, like, some kind of he Bimo becomes evil, and there's, like, a bunch of Bimos, and it's, like, some kind of, like, big Bimo Terminator apocalypse, and they go <laughs> time, and the, the, the comics are really, I don't know, they're not, like, as non-sequitur, but they're really just kind of out there. Like, they're really kind of, when you read them, it's, like, they're over, and just, like, you know, it's one of those, like, business things. It's, like, you read it, and you're, like, oh, that's over already? Like, but it doesn't, it's not, I wouldn't say it's bad like that. It's just, like, well, that's it's kind of written like in a very manic style, so you're turning the pages and you're like, oh, it's, it's over, like, okay, well, I need to read the next one. It's just kind of, it's a very odd comic books.
1: Okay, cool, that's interesting, because I, I just wasn't familiar with those at all, so I thought that'd be interesting to hear about. I don't have anything else planned. I don't have any other questions planned, unless anybody wants to talk about more favorite episodes or characters, but uh, I leave it open to you guys, but otherwise we could move on to our awesome thing of the week when everybody's ready. In the meantime, I will sing. Daddy, why did you eat my fries? Well, Mike. Friends...
2: <laughs> Daddy, why did you eat my fries? Mike, did you see the
0: episode with Weird Al? No. He played. Um, I think it's Banana Man. I think it was from this current season. It was a pretty good episode.
3: I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna watch more of it so I'll probably get around to that I pretty much I went into Google and like typed in like 20 best episodes of Adventure Time and then I watched like all of, like the first list that came up I like tracked down and watched all of those. But.
1: At at one point I entertained the idea of buying like a Jake and a Finn toy from Jazzwares. However, I think the first Finn has like bendy arms and then the second Finn has articulated arms. And then I hear that they break rather easily. But actually, whenever I go to a store, all I see is the Finn in the Jake suit. So,
0: there's that. I've so far ever resisted buying the toys, but every time I go to Books A Million, I'm like, alright, I'm going to get this book and this book, but then I'll see the toys.
2: And I'm like, I want these. Just this week, I was like, at Toys R Us, and they had regular show and like Adventure Time um, toys, like half price or something. They are mm. all on clearance.
3: I I just thought of the the last thing I'll say is a moment I found funny that episode where Jake and Finn sneak into Marceline's house and like they hide in her closet and they're trying to like get out before she finds them and they like walk out and like they're all quiet and stuff and then like a spider drops onto onto Finn and he like knocks it onto Jake. And it, the, the spider bites Jake, and he, like, screams, but he, he doesn't scream out loud, he just makes the, like, motion and stuff, and, <laughs> like, he, 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 like, he crumples to his knees, like, with tears coming down his eyes, and he just sort of crawls away.
1: He's doing the Michael Corleone silent scream from yeah. Godfather 3.
3: <laughs> but I don't know, that that made me crack up, but, yeah. I don't know, there's a bunch of, like, funny, like, stupid just things like that that, it, that I find hilarious, but... Other than that, yeah.
1: Cool. Well, I guess what, is Adventure Time on Season 7 now? Is that right, Justin?
0: Um, Right now it's Season 5, and Season 5's been going on forever, it seems. I think there's like Uh. 45, 46 episodes right now. Okay,
1: okay. So, like, from what I know, I watched the first two seasons on Blu-ray, and I know the third season is coming out on Blu-ray pretty soon, so probably by the time this airs. We can have those up on the spindle, at least for people that are interested.
3: This cosmic dance of bursting decadence and withheld permissions twists all our arms collectively, but if sweetness can win, and it can, then I'll still be here tomorrow to high-five you yesterday, my friend.
1: Peace but I guess it is now time to do our regularly scheduled Fan hole segment of what's awesome in your world this week. Uh, I will go real quick first to start off. Target had this, uh, what do they call it, a stealth release of a direct-to-video DC animated adventure. It's the Justice League of America adventures Trapped in Time. This is, you know, more of a kind of kid-friendly DC direct-to-video piece. It's not too heavy. People are not stabbing each other or lopping each other's heads off or anything like that. It's it's more kind of family-friendly. It features the majority of the Justice League, where it's like Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. But in addition to that, there's Aquaman, who hasn't been shafted. Um, there is... Um, what else is in that, like Cyborg, and then uh, Robin's in it, and uh, The Flash, um, so like, there's there's plenty of characters from well, kind of like the Super Friends era, but the, the main characters that it actually follows, since it has to do with time travel, is Dawnstar and Karate Kid from the Legion of Superheroes, and it kind of has this plot where, you know, Lex Luthor, gets hooked up with the Time Trapper, and there, there's all these kind of time machinations. But for the most part, it's really enjoyable. Um, if you're a fan of classic Super Friends, the whole Hall of Justice versus the Legion of Doom thing, that's really prevalent in the video release. So I, I thought it was fun, and I enjoyed watching it. So that's my awesome thing for the week. My favorite uh, thing
0: about it was no one got called a
1: douchebag or got sadly. <laughs> <a douche bag. laughs> hey, Justin, what can you do? Um, yeah so Justin how about you man what's your awesome thing of the week
0: Um, I'm going to talk about a few things really quick Um, I've been watching a lot of anime lately Um, I've watched Attack on Titan which kind of like Adventure Time is something I heard a lot of people talking about on various internet forums so I sat and watched it and I thought it was really good basically it's about these uh, this kingdom that's kind of besieged by these titans who are these like giant, huge, you know, wealth titans, for lack like of a better word, but they don't have, like, any skin. Like, all you see is, like, their, their muscles and stuff, so it's really creepy, and they these titans kind of besiege this kingdom and try and break through the walls, and they eat people. Like, that's, that's like, their only purpose is to, like, to eat humans and try and break them through the wall and eat them. But, the, but of course, there's a lot more to it than that. Um,
3: the next anime I
0: watched was Sword Art Online, which, if you've ever seen... Dot Hack Sign. It's kind of like that. It's about these these kids are in an MMO, and then you know shenanigans happen. They get trapped in the online world. They can't log out, and if they get killed in the online world, then they die in real life. And I really like. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, you can watch both of those on Crunchyroll, which is where I watched them. And then the final anime I want to mention really quick is Space Battleship Yamato 2199. I thought it was a really good kind of reimagining or retelling of you know, the, the original story, the animation is really great. I mean, it, the animation looks fantastic, like in the HD. There's like a lot of shots where I'm like, wow, there's, there's a lot going on here, you know, explosions and, you know, the ships running about and all this stuff, and it, it looks fantastic. I really liked it.
1: Cool. That sounds like something I'd check out. What's the second one called again, Justin? I just didn't catch it. Is as something online?
0: Sword Art Online.
1: Oh, sword Art. Okay, I just wasn't sure because I didn't hear the first time. So, cool. Uh, so the first two you can watch on Crunchyroll. What about the the second one? Is just out on the interwebs or?
0: Yeah, there's.
1: Um,
0: you know, I, I get. I got a uh, fan sub, of course, but I, I read somewhere that it's actually been licensed as Star Blazers twenty one ninety nine. So maybe oh, cool. you'll see a really for reals release here soon.
1: Do you know who licensed it? Mm,
0: I'm no, I'm not sure.
1: Oh, that's okay. It's probably only, like, two big options, right? It's got to either be Funimation or those uh, other guys, like the Sentai, Filmworks, whatever, Sunri- I don't know, whatever that amalgamated thing where, like, all the other anime goes to these days, because there's just not much else going on in that arena. Um, but, yeah, no, those all sound awesome. Um, what about you, Brian? What is your awesome thing of the week?
2: My awesome thing this week was Diesel. Uh Diesel is the code name whatever for the third party reimagining of Motor Master, famous for being the leader of the Stunicons. Um I don't know, his release date kept getting pushed off and off versus like, you know, third quarter 2013, fourth quarter 2013, December 2013 and here it's finally the end of January and finally he arrived. But um I was quite impressed when he did arrive. Uh, I posted a picture on Bot Talk, but in truck mode, he's like just nearly as big as like G1 Optimus Prime. So all of us kids from the '80s can reimagine the glorious King of the Roads uh, scene from Transformers, where they smash into one another. Yay! And, uh, <laughs> Prime gets a headache and Motormaster gets totaled. But anyways, um, yeah, so he's impressive. A lot of heft to the figure. I started transforming him, forming him last night. I'm about halfway done now. He's pretty complicated. <laughs> so, uh I hope to get through it soon, but so far I'm really enjoying it.
1: Any anything to report on the durability of the figures? Are you afeared for your life in transforming it or is it something where it's stress-free?
2: The um most of the trailer, there, there are a lot of panels that will do, like, some pretty intense 90-degree rotations and stuff. So, like, if you're not careful and, like, if you grab, like, one corner of the panel, and some of these panels are, like, four inches long and not super thick, so I could see where people would get in trouble, like, carelessly transforming them, where those would snap or leave stress marks. But I think if you're really careful and just handle it well when you're transforming it, you should be okay for the most part. Cool.
1: Cool. Very cool. I think that's neat that they're they're of similar status and size. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike, you are, are on the tap to round us off for Awesome Thing of the Week. What do you have?
3: Uh, just something I've been rereading recently. Um, uh, I've been in a kind of Spider-Man mood, so, and we've been recently talking about some Spider-Man-related stuff. So I've been rereading the, the Life of Riley, which is a, like, 30-something part, like, article that was, like, released, like, I don't know, I think it was, like, ten years ago, uh, like, on someone's blog, uh, uh, some dude, like, it, it's pretty much a complete and in-depth analysis of the Clone Saga, and it's got, like, commentary from a bunch of, like, creators and stuff, like, it's got, like, Tom DeFalco and, uh, Glenn Greenberg, and uh, like a, a bunch of like different people like he gets like interviews with and like comment, like b- behind the scenes on like all these like, you know, decisions. And like, it, you, it's a really nice like exploration of uh what was like pretty much like happening at Marvel around that time. And like why the clone saga got dragged out, like drug out like over two years when it was only supposed to be like a three month long storyline and its conception and stuff. And I don't know, it's, it's very interesting. and Like, I dumped it all into a PDF. Like if anyone is interested in reading it, because I've been reading it on my like iPod and stuff. But oh, cool. you know, it, yeah, I it, just it, I
1: just looked it up in case anybody's curious. Um, it says on the Life blogspot dot com that it was a thirty five part column written by whoever myself is and former editor-writer Glenn Greenberg. Um, I guess i got to look. It's
3: Andrew something, I think. Uh,
1: Here, let's see if I can. I was like, oh, Andrew uh, Golitz. Okay, I think I'm saying that right. Andrew Golitz. So, yeah, all right, cool, yeah
3: it's super in, if you're in, interested in, in Spider-Man and in, in if you're a fan or not a fan of the clone saga like it's a very like revealing and like informative like historical like sort of like like almost like book almost about it so
1: well either way we we can put it up on the um the cool sites over on fan yeah definitely so So just go over to the right, look at that Cool Sites thing, and by the time you hear this, the Life of Riley archives should be over there if you're curious about checking it out. All right, well, I guess that wraps up this Avengers Arena Adventure Time podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Fanholes Podcast. Of course, if you have any questions, comments, or emails, please send us some emails at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. Please check out all our video projects, our side casts. We've got uh, spin-off shows like Mobile Suit Mondays and Sentai Saturdays and Toku Thursdays and Transformers Tuesdays for you guys to check out. Um, We've got a Tumblr with lots of pictures up on there. We've got Twitter and Facebook, and we always appreciate all the likes that people give us when we release our stuff on the Facebook. It's much appreciated, so thanks for that. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek. Derek WC signing off.
2: Hey, this is Brian Breakdown. It's Mike Thunderwing.
3: James (laughs) Boxster.
2: Horse.
1: party. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now, Fanhole's podcast is proud to present Axl Rose's thrilling rendition of the Adventure Time theme song. Adventure Time, come on, bring your friends to
3: a world that'll never end.